I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast, specifically the new film releases subcategory. Uh, it's just me again, and uh, I'm going to be reviewing uh, Damon Chazelle's epic Hollywood excess film, Babylon. Uh, it's a little bit funny, me reviewing it, because uh, I'm reviewing it in light of the fact that it has basically gotten no Oscar nominations, aside from one for uh, Best Original Score. Uh, I'm very certain that that's the only award that it got nominated for i don't think it got nominated in like any other categories uh which is kind of a shame but then again you know like damien chazelle like he doesn't it, like his first three movies his first three like major films were like oscar darling so it doesn't really matter um you know the basic setup of uh, babylon is that it's basically a uh, movie about the uh transition between the late 1920s and the early 1930s for cinema and specifically the transition between uh, silent film and talkies, which is a subject matter that's been covered quite a lot, obviously from like the most famous examples of like singing in the rain to that like Downton Abbey sequel. But uh, Babylon tries to go for a much more like uh, darker, more chaotic, more comedic, more brutal look at that period. Um, And obviously it was a little bit too, 
dark and weird and strange and alienating for audiences because this movie didn't do very well at the box office and for some reason the uk waited a while to release it and then when they did you know nobody really showed up you know uh <clears throat> i do work at cinema and uh, i haven't observed a lot of people going to see it and when i saw it there were only a few people in the audience they weren't really reacting that much either so you know uh who knows what the average like audience review would be for this movie but you know that's not really important what's more important is what did i think of it uh well i have to say that i did um i did i did enjoy it overall i definitely um i have some problems with it but i do feel like um as a piece of art it does have a lot to say um it is very really well put together um it has a lot of like it's just like like very audacious like gross out moments and some very very like powerful drama um and some good comedy sometimes um i do feel like the film what what it mainly sets out to do is to like deconstruct and reconstruct hollywood um because the first act of the film is showing in great detail uh the parties uh the bad stuff that happened like actors um bad practices behind the scenes problems all of that kind of thing you know and like it's basically depicting it in a way that i found to be interesting because you know uh i like back in university we actually had to like do some research on these like you know old movies and stuff like that and i am interested sometimes in the like production stories behind like some of these like famous movies and stuff like that and this one kind of um shows it in a very very detailed um you know extremely again chaotic very gross and violent way you know Uh, i'm thinking mainly of the section of the film where it's showing uh all of these different films being recorded and it gets to to the point where like extras die and they have to keep rolling you know um it's it's showing that all in great detail and uh you know it basically just depicts this process and then when it's depicting it it's uh taking the time to follow certain characters because that's the kind of narrative that this movie has um you know i feel like the film what it does do is that uh it does um it does a good job at like through the um cinematography and through the editing uh showing how truly hellish it was uh, but also doing it with enough like energy to where it does it, it is very like entertaining and the film is definitely really entertaining in parts um and this this first act of the film you know it's a little bit of a strange jarring start but you know once you get into the flow of it it is it does become fun uh but even then i was kind of thinking to myself like it, yeah obviously we're getting introduced to these characters and we're sort of getting an idea of like you know what the sort of i guess what what their drama is going to be but it still doesn't feel too substantial until we actually get to the part where um uh you know the jazz singer gets released and you know all of a sudden the film industry is kind of forever changed because you know people can talk on film now and previously they couldn't but you know that like that's basically what's being depicted and the film then kind of moves into being a lot more fully about these characters lives and how they are affected and impacted by this change um you know for the most part we kind of follow we follow like three central characters we follow uh jack conrad aka brad pitt uh who is basically brad pitt in this movie you know um the movie even opens with him and his and his wife arguing and then his wife 
like basically divorcing him on the spot that like that, that, that's how you know that this role was written with brad pitt in mind basically which was a little bit distracting i can't deny um but anyway anyway yeah 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 so he's the character and um well he's playing the character well he is the character and uh the movie also follows uh margot robbie as uh nelly Leroy, who is um uh kind of the Lindsay lohan of her era and the you know she's considered a bit of a liability and she's very talented but she's on drugs and stuff like that you know and she's just very like she's a little bit like hard to manage and stuff like that but for the most part we kind of follow um the film more so through the eyes of uh manuel or manny uh who is basically this um guy who's making his way through hollywood and stuff like that and getting some more important jobs as the film goes on but he's also being affected by this transition as well you know and the film kind of um, does have a lot more characters and actors in it, but it's mostly it's. I, I would say it's those three, the st- who like carry the story mostly. Um, the film, uh, like once it does have that change, does get a little bit more into their personal lives and again how they're affected. Um, and what I did like enjoy is that um, I, I I did feel like the drama with them was quite um, effective. You know, as the as the story goes on and as the film moves, it gets much, much darker and much sadder as well, because these guys are in such like um, desperate situations. Uh, there's a moment where Jack Conrad is uh, basically, he's watching his performance in a sound film. be just totally laughed out and mocked. And it's kind of a sad moment because it's, it wasn't a problem beforehand when he was like in silent films, but it just sh- shows you right there that like, you know, not every actor that was good in a silent film could be good in a sound film. Uh, and that was really well done, but um, but I have to say that, like you know, is uh, like so. So to summarize, you know, to put it very, very simply, um, I did like all the, the main characters and stuff like that, and I did um, I, I did think that their stories came to good conclusions, um, you know, um, but I do feel like a problem with the film though is that there's like few too many characters, and there are like mainly i'm thinking of like two very specific characters there are two that kind of get their own like sort of side stories and i was thinking that maybe one of them could be cut uh i'm thinking mainly of uh sydney the uh trumpet player and i'm also thinking of what's her name uh what is her name oh yeah oh yeah lady lady feiju uh both of them are kind of their storylines feel quite similar um they're both like these characters that are uh you know like on the sort of lower end but also in their own way gaining fame and attention uh sydney more explicitly and then they're both basically forced to play like a game that they don't want to play you know um lady feiju is is basically like she's like an open lesbian but she's forced to like you know like distance herself from that stuff and uh sydney is basically in this one specific instance you know as well as he's doing being like the leader of this band and stuff like that is this like very solid trumpet player this jazz trumpet player uh, he's basically forced to put on blackface in a scene um and obviously and he is black himself but like he's basically forced to put on blackface and um you know then the, the the context of it is you know it's, it's very specific but it's just, it's just you know like bad hollywood practices and stuff like that back then and racism and all that so they both have 
very similar storylines and i think both of them end up you know going off getting out and you know just like i guess keeping their integrity intact um that's kind of what those two storylines are trying to convey and they both conveyed the same thing and i was thinking to myself you could probably just lose one of them you know you could probably just cut one of these characters out and just make one point um but it does it contributes i think to the film um you know being a little bit over ambitious even though i mean you know personally i was very the movie's like three hours long and i was entertained throughout almost all of it um i was definitely like interested to see where it was going and i can't say i was ever really bored by it um i was drained towards the end but i wasn't bored um i do still think that there are parts that could have been cut like the like one of those um and uh, also there are there are even like individual sequences where i'm thinking like yeah they're fun but did they really need to be in the movie i'm thinking about like the snake scene where um uh, nelly gets her father to uh <clears throat> fight a snake in this uh field and um well no 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 it's not in the field no 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 it's in the uh, desert um and she's basically like on this kind of very sad chaotic binge because some people trashed her performance in a sound film and stuff like that so she's reacting to that badly but ultimately it's kind of it's a bit of a it's a sketch of a scene um it's not really it, it doesn't really tie into the movie that well and it's sort of well, well okay it kind of it sort of ties into what happened previously and it kind of sort of ties into lady fuju's stuff but you know it's just kind of like it, it it didn't aside from that like it sort of vaguely ties in but it doesn't doesn't tie in so much to where i'm like oh that absolutely needed to stay in the movie you know um it's also and this is also another thing about the film as well like there are some parts of it that are just loud um you know in the drama obviously you know it can it can get very like heavy and big and very melodramatic but there are some parts that just you know uh one part that is kind of loud in a bit of a good way is um this segment of the film where they're trying to like you know shoot a scene and then stuff just keeps on interrupting them um and it's it's basically like it's it's directors who'd made like a silent film then making a sound film and all of the issues that come from that and it is very well observed and it is very funny and you are it's funny but it's also very intense and stressful to watch at the same time and it does go on for a bit but you know thankfully you feel the same relief in it and you know total like elation when they finally just shoot a scene perfectly fine with absolutely nothing like interrupting them at all and stuff like that and it is very well edited and all that stuff but you know um uh the snake scene basically just descends into loud noises it literally just descends into the actors just shrieking just shrieking so loudly and it's um it's just kind of a bit of a ridiculous scene as well it just sort of feels like it's trying to be funny and crazy at the same time um that bit felt like it was kind of trying too hard so i probably would have cut that scene out myself um but you know but there's a lot of other scenes in the film that do really work uh there's a lot of like again gross out moments that work quite well especially when uh, nelly um basically deliberately throws up on someone and uh, it's these high society people that she's being like made to impress so to speak in that like they want to take her seriously as an actress and she has to like change her accent and act a bit more like classy and stuff like that and she doesn't like doing that she doesn't want to do that at all um you know the relationship between her and manny is pretty good um 
you know, you get the sense that Manny is this um, guy who does like her, but he's sort of drawn into her, like, very toxic tendencies as well. And you feel bad for for Nelly as well, um, you know, despite her, like, you know, bad habits, she still remains fairly sympathetic, um, you know, and I found, it, I, like, again, their stuff to be pretty good. Um, I felt that the film, like, if it needed... <clears throat> more of something it probably needed more scenes like the stuff with um toby Maguire because toby Maguire shows up towards the end of it and he's basically the the final boss so to speak um he causes a lot of these issues that make the film end in the way that it does um and his part of the film is probably maybe my favorite bit um he turns up as this like drug dealer that's got white face paint yellow teeth and he pitches film ideas that sound really stupid and then he, um, he's basically, so he's this drug lord, right? But, um, he also basically has this, like, uh, I'm going to spoil the film now. So, 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 so to spoil it, basically, um, he basically has this, like, entire underground tunnel of this circus BDSM party scene, <clears throat> with really creepy imagery of like you know bdsm-esque stuff but it's really disgusting um really just like he, he has a crocodile down there if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with juvederm volbella xc and juvederm ultra xc your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at juvederm.com today that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with juvederm volbella xc or juvederm ultra xc do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He has uh, basically a strong man who basically eats the head of a rat. And you have also down there red lights, lot of partying, but just this incredibly creepy and uncomfortable atmosphere of... This guy's basically into some sh- sick stuff. And what causes the problems is when, like, somebody brings fake money to pay him off rather than real money. And that causes all kinds of shit, you know. So, um, 
Uh, it even involves Manny uh, having to basically like pick up um, a weapon and defend himself and nearly kill someone. It's quite brutal. It's a very fucked up sequence, and um, it's a se- it's a sequence that I found to be like very very dark and tense. Um, yeah, it ends in this like brutal, violent um, self defense, but almost murder scene. And um, you know, it just sort of it it, it was a great part of the film, and uh, it was. Um, I almost wanted a little bit more of that as well, more of that like dark fucked up underbelly, under dark fucked up underbelly, you know, um, which the film kind of did present, but not quite in the same way. But this was pretty creepy and scary, um, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, all, all that stuff was good. I would sort of say to kind of to almost summarize um, the film. It's one where I don't know if there's a single scene that was like terrible, but I do feel like this the film together did lack a bit of cohesion um it does jump several years um it does follow many characters so it's quite like ambitious all around you know um not just in terms of the style but also in terms of like you know the amount that it's juggling um i do think that the film maybe could have benefited by just slimming a bit down and just focusing on just one you know storyline you know just 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 the uh, nelly stuff would have been fine same goes for the jack conrad stuff um that would have been great for one film um i think i would have maybe been able to uh get a bit more into those bits individually and find them to be fleshed out um because the film i think is less a straightforward character piece and more a story about several people being affected by one thing which which sounds kind of obvious when you look at the movie but I do think that within each of these individual storylines, there's a very good, like, character drama. And it does seem like Giselle basically just had a few different storylines and just kind of put them all into one film. Um, so, yeah, because, like, again, it's not that any of it really flops. It's just sort of like, you know, I would have, like, I'm watching it and I'm just sort of thinking to myself, like, yeah, this is good. Like, I'm feeling this, but I'd feel it even more if, you know it was just one of these storylines um you know because especially because um the stuff that is just focused on manny is a little bit hard to get into just because he's kind of not that interesting of the character um at least not initially he he's very much just a reactive character he's just kind of a pov character that we experience a lot of the film through um he doesn't like the, the, there's a lot of scenes that's just him looking at stuff which did get kind of old. Um, there's only so many times that you can see him kind of stare at stuff either wistfully or sadly or angrily or whatever. Like, you know, before it just kind of gets a bit old and it sort of did get a bit old. Um, but I will say that towards the end of the film, he definitely picked up the slack as a character and uh, actor Diego Calva did improve as the film went on he was never bad but he was a little bit flat but then as the film went on he actually does quite well i do hope to see more of him because ultimately in the end he actually does do quite a good job um i feel like the performances all around are pretty strong there's really not a single one that's bad Uh, i heard some people saying that brad pitt was bad i disagree i thought that brad pitt did really really well in this film um he kind of he actually like really i i i've, I've always sold the character quite well and quite naturally um margot robbie did a great job as usual you know um i was a bit concerned watching the trailer that it would be a lot of um her kind of redoing a uh, holly quinn stuff but it's not quite that um 
bit of a similar character sure but really like you know it's a very it's a very distinctive role when she kills it in like the dramatic scenes as well again like like she usually does um you know i uh i found again uh there were a lot of like single small appearances from actors uh some of them do work spike jones as the angry german director was really good um uh, what else uh or a lot of other ones again toby Maguire was really 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 like he didn't play it in the way that i expected him to play it but he still played it very creepily um he plays it with a sort of high-pitched voice and the sort of glee for what he's doing that made him come across as incredibly evil and slimy um you know there, there are some like kind of distracting actors um some actors who pop up every now and again in the film who are very recognizable and the roles are kind of minimal like like they're, they're not like big roles by any means and you can see why they're why those roles are there but their presence does is a bit distracting i'm thinking of people like um max Minghella or lucas haas or uh, Catherine waterston uh, all of whom have like roles that are are I wouldn't even say they're even hugely that hugely important, but they are. But they do support the. Um, naturally, you know, a, a, like a couple of them are pretty important, but like, but, but many of them are just like supporting characters that just sort of pop in and out of the film, um, and you know, and and they're recognizable. Like I do, like yeah, at least in my opinion, in my opinion, uh, they kind of are. And you know, I would have, I would have personally preferred it maybe if they just got less than nine people, so if all those people could just like blend in a bit more. Um, but yeah, many of them do do pretty well, um, and I found the movie overall to like have stuff to say. Certainly, uh, I didn't think that it was a shallow film by any means. Um, as it went on, it does make a statement about Hollywood and uh, how we look back on some of these pieces of art, and you know, it kind of like how, how we compare, you know, the real life situation to the art that is then produced you know because the entire film basically is kind of it's it's basically just kind of saying like oh yeah behind all these like kind of successful people there's like a whole bunch of drama and negative shit and personally i felt that the film um did come down on it quite hard you know it's kind of it's funny to think that in like you know another person's hands this could have been kind of a safe a uh, very, very, like, you know, sanitized depiction of the era. They didn't really go into any bad things and kind of only did so in a, in a manner that was quite safe and stuff like that. But the film does um, make the... Uh, <clears throat> it, it has the ambition to straight up say, uh, no, a lot of bad stuff was going on. Um, and I did enjoy that aspect of it. Um, I do think that the film is making a point overall about um, you know, how as bad as this stuff was, it did lead to great art. And, you know, it's almost making you wonder if it is worth it. Um, wonder whether or not all of the bad stuff that has happened behind the productions of these films is worth it if the film was a classic part of cinematic history, you know. And that's kind of what the ending is saying and also presenting. Um I annoyingly I had the ending spoiled for me uh, a couple of months ago and that was kind of unfortunate um actually no 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 it wasn't a couple of months ago it was around when the film was coming out in America and that uh, it, it, got, it did get spoiled for me and that was quite annoying um upon watching the ending in context uh it's sort of a summary of the whole film where 
it's well done and it has a lot to say, but it does sort of feel a little bit like it does feel a bit overindulgent. Um, cause basically the ending is, uh, Manny going to see singing in the rain and he, uh, watches it in awe. He loves it. And then we cut to flashbacks from the film and then we cut to a set of clips of famous movies which is basically intended to be some kind of statement on the evolution of cinema. And the film overall does seem to be leading up to this point of, you know, despite everything that these people went through, they are in their own way immortalized as being part of a movie or part of a kind of system or part of a set of films that will be kind of, remembered as being part of something as being an important part of the evolution of cinema or maybe it's trying to make a statement about how the evolution of cinema is actually you know a good thing as opposed to a bad thing um i personally like when i was watching it i did find it to be a little bit um you know it it made its point even before it showed the clips of the future films to the point where there is a part of me that would have liked it maybe if it just ended before that because then it does, it sort of makes, it kind of makes a point a bit inherently by cutting back to black and white visuals, black and white silent visuals of the film. It kind of makes that point already. It has a point and then it keeps on going to make it much, much more clear. And then it goes even further to show like the film reel breaking and, you know, flashing lights and stuff like that, which, you know, you could say is sort of meant to be some sort of kind of point about, you know, oh, film being reduced to its most basic components, which is, you know, the reel, so to speak. But then it cuts back to Manny and he basically just uh, smiles and cries. And then the movie cuts to black immediately after that. Um, yeah, it's quite a ballsy ending. And the reason why I say ballsy is because, you know, it's sort of, it's attaching this kind of almost message of positivity to a film that's quite positivity to a film that's quite negative. Um, and I mean, you know, the way that I see it, I don't think that the film is at all contradicting itself because there are sequences early on that are a bit happier and, uh, do show the value of art, you know, and, um, you know, how evolution is necessary, but people just get left behind in the process. Um, personally, I mean, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if it, um, you know, ended on the most bitter note imaginable. Um, if it ended, instead of showing them in the cinema, it could have been maybe he, you know, watches singing singing in the rain and is just kind of in disbelief at the fact that you know this system managed to keep going despite him being chewed up by it and nelly being chewed up by it and jack being chewed up by it and all that stuff you know that would have been kind of a good point to make about the people that get left behind but you know in this case the person that got left behind you know he i mean to and to give a little bit of context you know he had to get out of the country you know because he was um being chased by criminals that happened as a result of uh, Nelly's drug tendencies that, you know, clearly existed, but were also exacerbated by the Hollywood system and all the pressure that was being put on her to change and all that stuff and her refusal to change. So kind of, it does kind of connect a little bit and, you know, Manny is also, you know, 
in the film shown to be not happy with, with the stuff that he has to do and you know he does kind of suffer as a result so you know it could have made a statement for like Giselle could have been saying like oh hey man look at the, all these people that get left behind but you know he does make it into a more of a standard like you know art is good and cinema is good and evolution of film is a good thing and stuff like that so you know I can understand maybe somebody watching it out of context and thinking or even in context and thinking like oh, this is, you know, this is such a typical, like, Hollywood ending and stuff like that, you know, I can see that. Um, but, you know, but I did, I didn't mind it, you know, I definitely did enjoy it, and, um, you know, I do think that the film overall, again, it does it does make its point, and it, it's a quite, it's a good point, I feel. Um, you know, I do think that it is interesting that he made this film in this way, because, the way I see it, it almost feels like it's kind of uh, trolling the Oscars because it's basically him saying that he's going to, um, what, what this movie feels like is it feels like him saying, I'm going to put in all of this gross content. I'm going to put in elephant shitting. I'm going to put in, um, vomit. I'm going to put in piss. I'm going to put in, uh, you know, rats being eaten. I'm going to put in, um, all kinds of crazy messed up stuff. Uh, and I'm going to make Hollywood look awful. I'm going to make Hollywood look so bad. But, you know, I'm going to see if I still get nominated. You know, like, am I still going to get nominated for the, you know, best picture, best director, best screenplay? And, uh, yeah, it didn't work out. Um, <clears throat> you know, and so, as unfortunate as that is, I do feel like this movie does have its audience. It'll it'll find more of an audience, I think, as the years go by. And uh, I think, if anything, it will at least be respected because Giselle used the money and actors at his disposal to make this movie, you know? Um, I do appreciate the amount of passion and love he put into this film. Um, And yeah, I did overall enjoy it, even though it had its flaws. So, yeah, okay, all right, I guess take that for what it's worth. Um, You know, uh, I'm going to be returning in uh, February. I'm going to be covering, uh, again new releases and uh, my plan is to cover uh, knock at the cabin but you know i might switch out for another film who knows and uh, i hope that next time i will be able to get a guest on board so yeah see ya Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 